Welcome to Just Curious Media. This is Let's Talk Cobra Kai. I'm Jason Connell. And I'm Sal Rodriguez. This is a very special episode because I wish you guys could see this. Jason is wearing a gi, a beautiful white gi. Yes. Yeah, because you just went up a belt in Hapkido. This is true. That's fantastic. It's a celebration mode here at it the studio. It really is. It feels great. Thank you. Thank yeah. you so much. Tell, tell me a little bit about what, what it involves. What does it involve to go from one belt to the next belt? Lots and lots of training. Yeah. No, so as when we first started this venture together, Sal, I was talking past tense. I used to train Taekwondo in high yeah. school. When I moved to LA, I was training in Hapkido, uh-huh. which is Korean. And after getting so inundated into soccer and running a team and running two weekly practices, and I also moved away from a dojo that I was comfortable with, I had not been training for several years. And after getting reacclimated into Cobra Kai and Karate Kid world, I found myself seeking <laughs> dojos nearby in the valley. Like, you know what was missing from my life? Much like Daniel, I was missing this training, the martial arts. I did not know that Cobra Kai and Karate Kid reinvigorated your martial arts lifestyle. I did not know this. It happened. That's funny. That's yeah, great. It's true. And so I had one day about... A few months ago, I went and did a trial at a dojo. It was a wonderful place in Studio City. And it was a, just a different style. And having gone there and said, oh my God, I love what they're doing, but it really made me miss the Hapkido training that I had been doing. So then I looked online, found a few dojos, spoke to a few, and went and visited one. And it's the right fit. It's American Hapkido Karate. My sensei, our master, is amazing. And so I started over, much like the Cobra Kai students after they won the All-Valley Tournament. Johnny reset them all to whites. Yes. But that was as a punishment, right? True. But I went in as a white. I reset. I talked to my sensei about my previous training. Rather than coming in at the belt I was before, I figured, let's start over and just move up faster. Because he'll see it in me. And he teaches a very different style. He's huge on form. And so, yeah, I started as a white, and today I tested and got my orange belt. Congratulations, Jason. Orange belt and Hapkido. Thank now, you. Now I need to get, I need to, what am I going to do? Yeah, you got to start wearing a gi when we record. I'm going to pick up a gi at Salvation Army. That's what I'm going to do. There you go. And I won't tell Jason that I bought it. I am wearing this because I finished class right before we started recording, and it's just down the street. Yeah, but does so, your sensei know that you're wearing a gi doing a podcast? Is that allowed? Is that legal? Well, I do take the belt off. Okay. Out of you're not supposed to be wearing the belt. I don't even know if you're not supposed to, but I typically only wear the pants into class. But in here, I figure I might get cold, so I, I don the top. Okay. I always imagine fighting in a gi would be hot. Isn't it hot in a gi? It's a little warm, but I like to be warm. I yeah? Like hot. Very white. Do you bleach it? I use OxyClean. Okay. Although I really want a black gi. Or, yeah, like Cobra Kai. And when you become a black belt, one gets a black key. Really? Yeah. Okay, so there really is a black key. It's not just Cobra Kai that has a black key. No, it's a black key. You can have a black key in, in Hapkido. Yes. And oh, wow. in high school, when I was doing Taekwondo with the Wild Bunch, we had black keys. We were very Cobra Kai-esque. But one thing I've learned is I've followed enough uh, mixed martial arts to know that when these guys play soccer and do martial arts, look out for their kicks. Look out for the kicks of these soccer guys doing martial arts. I'm telling you. It's true. Well, Good congratulations, kicks. Jason. Thanks. Very I happy appreciate that. So here we are, season two, episode four, The Moment of Truth. Yeah. 8.7 on IMDb. And this is a pretty good episode. 
Yeah, it was action-packed. I did feel like I was taken for a ride on this episode. Absolutely. So we open at the Cobra Kai Dojo as Dimitri arrives to sign up, and he encounters who? I mean, if you can imagine two opposites meeting, Dimitri walks in, I guess expecting to find the usual gang. Instead, Kreese is there alone. And he thinks it's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, I'm so glad that other guy's not here. Meaning Johnny, right? Little does Dimitri know he walked into the belly of the beast with Kreese standing there. And Dimitri is like such an idiot saying all these things he shouldn't say. Yeah, he's trying to lay the ground rules yeah. of what he won't accept if he's going to be part of Cobra Kai. Yeah, I'm going to join. If I join Cobra Kai, I just need to lay a few ground rules down. I, I like my personal space. I like my personal space. I don't want people to be hitting me. I mean, he's making all these rules and Kreese is just looking at him like, look at this idiot. And then Dimitri walks up to Kreese and starts kind of bagging on his tattoo. Oh, you know, the, the snake really wouldn't look like that. Yeah. And really the eyes would be like this. He starts ragging on Kreese's arm tattoo. And that's something you probably shouldn't do. Absolutely. So Dimitri walks out with a bloody nose. With, they don't show what happened. Yeah. You don't see what happened. But Dimitri walks out with a bloody nose. Kreese popped him a good one, I'm sure. Yeah. So Dimitri leaves... And I don't think he's going to go back to Cobra Kai Dojo anytime soon. Uh, no. He's walked out twice. Yes, that's right. I forgot about the first time. Yeah, this is a second time walking out and now a first time with a bloody nose. Yeah. Last time he was embarrassed as well because Johnny took him down. Yeah. So now we cut to Miyagi-Do Dojo and Robbie and Sam are a little down about Valley Fest. Yeah, who can blame him? In fact, I just wanted more celebration after Miguel won the tournament. And it just seems like... Aside from the victory nachos, yep. there hasn't been an atmosphere of celebration, really. No, you're right. And I'm one who believes in celebrating until you're done celebrating. He never got the girl. Miguel hasn't celebrated at all. No. Because even when Hawk and Dimitri and, what was her name? Moon. Moon and Aisha are having the victory nachos, Miguel was not there celebrating with no. them. So Miguel has not really celebrated his own victory. That's right. Cobra Kai hasn't been celebrating much. I really wish there was more happiness, and there really isn't. That's a good point. So, yeah, people are down about Valley Fest when they were, what was it called, usurped by Cobra Kai. By Cobra Kai. <laughs> yeah. So Sam checks in on Daniel, who is working on his classic car. The 1948 Ford Super Deluxe convertible. And also the present from Mr. Miyagi. Yep. He explains that they need to take a more personal approach to getting more students. Mm -hmm. in the Miyagi-Do Dojo, because obviously their methods are not working. The ad brings the wrong people. They were upstaged at Valley Fest. They don't have the sizzle that Cobra Kai has. No, the sex appeal. They don't. They just don't have that. No. So they're going to have to connect with people one-on-one -on -one and do it the way Mr. Miyagi did it. You know what? I have to give kudos to Daniel that he does something which a lot of people don't do. He sets out on a path he reaches a roadblock and then he recalculates, takes another route, hits another roadblock, recalculates, and he's always scheming in his head about a different way. Let's try something different. That didn't work. Let's try something different. And I like that. I like the people who aren't stubborn and are willing to try something new or try a different way. And that's definitely how Daniel is. Well, that didn't work. Let's try something else. That's true. And Daniel's had success in his life. And maybe that's because of that. Yeah. Who knows what it was like to build his auto empire, how many recalculations he had to do to build LaRusso Auto. Yeah. Obviously, they realized that Mr. Miyagi's little trees didn't work out, and they didn't keep trying to launch that business. Yeah, that's so right. So he's learned some lessons the hard way, but that's a really good point. So then he invites 
Samantha and Robbie out on a ride in the vehicle. And I, I don't know where they're going. You don't know where they're going. No, I love this, though, because we have not seen that car up and going since the Karate Kid. Yeah. That's not true. You do see the car in Karate Kid 2 as he comes home from the prom, and I believe Allie had crashed it. What? Yeah, and there's, yeah. Oh, yeah, the oh repairs had to be done. The rest of the movie was in Okinawa, so. I'm angry, and I haven't even seen the movie, and I'm angry. I know, you're already pissed. Oh. There should be a collectible car of post-prom with a little fender that falls yeah. off. Yeah, why right? not? You know? There should be. That's Let's funny. do it. So they go on this car ride, and, and right away you know they're on PCH, if you know the area. Yep. If you know Southern California. Figure maybe the Zoom or a Malibu area. Rolling along in the 48 Super Deluxe. So now we're back at the Cobra Kai Dojo, and Kreese is sharing war stories with Hawk, Aisha, and Miguel, while Johnny fights with Armand as he's raising the rent? Yeah. Is he doing that at the same time as Kreese is relaying his war it's stories? It's kind of both happening together. Okay, yeah. So Kreese is going in his stories, and I think Miguel kind of gives a couple of eye rolls. Yeah, Miguel's not buying into some of these stories with Kreese. No. No. Well, Miguel, I don't know if it happens yet, but he finds some inconsistencies in Kreese's stories. And Sal, do you think Kreese is 100% honest? Well, I think this is where Kreese mentions Rwanda. And that's where Miguel catches, uh, don't you mean Somalia? And then Kreese is like, oh, you know, Somalia, Rwanda. Yeah, what's the difference? This is his six of one, half a dozen of the other exactly. type of mentality. Exactly. Right? So no, I'm still not trusting Kreese. I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop at any second. Nor should you. Okay, so yeah. And Armand is really being a snake in the grass by upping Johnny's rent due to the successful dojo he's running. Well, he says, you have more students means you have more money. You have more money, you pay more rent. That guy. Which I found interesting because usually when you enter into a commercial lease, I think you usually get like a five-year lease, usually. With Johnny's bad credit, it must be a deal that's not very favorable to him. I really want to know about the lost years of Johnny between the 84 All-Valley Tournament and, and 2018. Yeah. What was he doing this whole time? Well, he told Miguel last episode he was drunk. He ran to the bottle. He ran away from responsibility. He learned some handyman skills, yeah. but he just didn't advance much in life. No. And then we're going to learn about more about Kreese also. So it's kind of a sad downward spiral for Cobra Kai after the 84. Oh, yeah. So Johnny approaches the new recruits and spots Raymond. From the hardware store. I call him 80s guy. He brought up the 80s stuff. Totally. Hey, you like Caddyshack? Huh? Remember that gopher? So obviously he's not a teenager, but he's also not a parent. But Johnny's concerned because there's liability. Yeah. But then he goes, hey, I stay at home with my mom. She doesn't charge me rent. So I have money. And he pulls cash out of his pocket and puts it in Johnny's face. I got cash to burn. When somebody puts cash in your face, you got a couple of options and usually you're going to take it. And Johnny's like, don't I know you from somewhere? <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, I met you. We bonded over 80s music. I think that's really funny that they brought that actor back. He's a funny character and I'm happy to see him again. Yeah. Well, he is in a lot more episodes. Oh, okay, I'll just great. That. So Johnny then challenges anyone in the class to take on the champ. Meaning Me Miguel. Meaning yeah. Miguel. And then enters whom? This is where we meet Tori. She just comes out of nowhere, just out of the back. Who's going to fight the champ? And she comes out, right? I will. It's like Kreese's daughter or something. And then she said something like, oh, I saw that demonstration you guys did at Valley Fest, but can you guys really fight? So she's challenging the whole dojo now. And Johnny's like, all right, little Miss Hotshot. And she steps up and challenges Miguel. Yeah. Yeah, she does. And they go toe to toe. 
And she's got some skills. She does. She takes him down a couple times, does a couple of leg thingies, leg maneuvers. Yeah, all of a sudden, Miguel's in over his head. It kind of reminds me of that episode where Aisha was the second student to join, and he was going light on her, and Aisha was pretty tough. It reminds me of the time I went to go see White Zombie in concert, and there was a mosh pit there. And I was like, I'm getting in this white zombie mosh pit. And there was a, a girl, you know, we're teenagers. Maybe I'm like 20. And there was a girl in the mosh pit. And I'm like, oh, let me avoid her. Let me go easy on her. Until she elbowed me in the face. And I was like, all righty then. And it was on. I mean, I treated her then as a guy. I mean, I was like trying to avoid her. You know, like, oh, I don't want to push this girl around. But she was not holding back. So then when she showed me she was not holding back, that's when I said, okay, I'm not holding so back. So what is going on in a mosh pit exactly? A lot of pushing and shoving and elbowing. And it's really kind of silly, but it was a lot of fun. Are you trying to hurt the other people? No, actually what you're trying to do is just make your way through your own path and just getting people out of your way. Everybody's on their own little path trying to just get everybody out of their way. That's all it was. Okay. But yeah, so I'm wondering if maybe Miguel, whether it was Aisha or whether it was Tori. Eh, oh yeah, like, he went in light. For yeah, sure. let me let me go a little bit. And then he realizes, uh oh, I really gotta step up here. This girl knows some things. Yeah. So you know, if the girl's lets you know she's serious, then you gotta go serious. So Miguel takes her down in the end, goes to help her, which this becomes a theme in Cobra Kai. Uh huh. Goes to help her and what happens? Yeah. So he go reaches down to help her up. She grabs him, takes him down and gets him in an arm lock. Yep. Nice move, by the way. Nice arm lock. But it just goes to show you, yeah, because Chris did that. Oh, yeah. Right? To as Johnny. soon as you help, you can't help anyone else up in this world of Cobra Kai because that's what they got you. Do not help your opponent up. No. Kick them. <laughs> Kick them when they're down. Ground and pound. So this is Tori with a Y. Let's yeah. not be mistaken there. She makes that very clear. And she completely came out of nowhere. Do you think she's a potential love interest for someone? Well, she is very attractive. Miguel is officially single. Yeah. Hawk is with Moon, I guess. Yes. You know what? I have my suspicions. Because she came out of nowhere, at this moment, I'm wondering if she's maybe like a plant by Crease. It may not be the case, but that's what I was thinking. Okay. I'm, su I'm suspicious of her. Sal's on high alert. I am. I'm suspicious of this person that pops out of nowhere. I am too. She came out of nowhere. I'm with you. She's got an attitude. She didn't come bearing gifts. No. She came with an agenda. We'll hopefully find that out at some point. Yeah. So Daniel, Sam, and Robbie are continuing to drive the coast, and they stop at the beach club. Now, this is where I got confused. So this beach club is different than their normal Encino country club. From proximity, it's got to be. So yeah. I believe some clubs, exclusive clubs, have... Reciprocal clubs? Yes. Or they have other locations. Okay. So I tried to see the name of it on the awning. I couldn't. I believe the Encino Country Club's its own thing. This is somehow affiliated. Okay. Because they've never driven this long. They've never gone to the beach. And the other one's in Encino. As yeah. you know, from being born and raised in the valley, the ocean ain't in the valley. No. And the way you would get to the ocean or PCH from the valley and from Encino in particular is you would probably drive up to Topanga. Topanga. And that would be the quickest route, go over Topanga. But by the way, just as a pro tip here, if you want to go to the beach from the San Fernando Valley, I would not recommend Topanga, but would recommend Canaan. Go up the 101 North, get onto Canaan. It's, I think it's a more picturesque drive than Topanga Canyon. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so they arrive at the club, and then Amanda is there at the club to greet them. Right. And Robbie's reflecting back on his brief employment here the previous summer. 
a yeah. prelude of what's to come. Yeah. Does Samantha say something to Robbie? Oh, I remember because Robbie kind of box for a second, yeah. right? And then Samantha's like, what's going on? And that's when he says, oh, I used to work here. Yeah, he's having a bad flashback. Yes. So now we're at the convenience store and Aisha and Tori chat. And Aisha is summoned to the beach club, the very same beach club, by her mother. But she's afraid to go because she'll run into Sam. And ever since Valley Fest, they've not spoken. Yeah. So she invites Tori to the beach club, which I found interesting because Tori just appeared that day. I mean, I'm all about making new friends, but I don't think I'd invite somebody to go meet my family at a club who I just met 30 minutes earlier. It's a good point. But she's trying to break the ice with this new kind of badass martial art girl. Oh, and she has a spiked bracelet and, and Aisha asks about the bracelet. And she's just tough. So this yeah. is one way she can break the ice with her and invite her something that's exclusive. Kind of reminiscent of Faith from Buffy the Vampire Slayer for you Buffy fans. Remember Faith? I've only seen the movie. Okay. So Faith was a tough chick character, a little bit of a masculine energy, a little bit. Tori kind of reminds me of Faith from Buffy. Okay. Definitely a badass chick for sure. By the way, I kind of like badass chicks. Yeah, I can tell. I kind of like when women have a little bit of an edge yeah. where you think they might kill you. It's, it's more fun that way. A little fatal attraction. <laughs> a little bit. So next we see Hawk and Dimitri on a video call and Dimitri shares what happened with him and Crease. Oh yeah. So he's sharing with Hawk basically about Crease assaulting him. Yeah, this is assault. Yeah. Yeah. Which, what is it? A year in jail and a $10,000 fine? Exactly. <laughs> like, like uh, Dimitri's done all the research yeah. about what this... He's ready to file charges. Yeah, he is. He's ready to press charges on an adult who assaulted him. Yeah. Right? And Hawk's like, don't do that. And then he says right at the end before he hangs up the call, don't do something you'll regret. Yeah. Right? He gives him a warning. Yeah, a little bit of a threat. Almost a crossroads with their friendship at this moment, I oh, think. Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah, Hawk is basically choosing his dojo over his old buddy. So Miguel learns of this and goes inside to talk to Johnny about Crease. Yeah, Miguel addresses Johnny, says that he's concerned about Crease, about his, what is his stories, his, just his overall character. Yeah, just what he's noticed. He's picking up on things. Although sure. I like when he sees Johnny, he's stenciling Cobra Kai never dies. Yeah, yeah, he's putting that up on it's the a wall. new motto. I like that. Yeah. Wait, is that replacing the strike first, strike hard, no mercy? Well, I no, or was is it in a different place? Different room. Okay. I, I think this is a storage room. Okay. So he put up the stencil, Cobra Kai never dies. Okay, good. It wasn't replacing strike first, strike hard, no mercy. Yeah. And that's when Miguel walks in. You can't replace that. Well, hey, I don't know. People change, you know. Maybe if... Blue mats can happen with <laughs> gold fists. Anything could happen. So Johnny assures Miguel that he's on top of it. I liked that Miguel... His antenna went up yeah, and he addressed it with Johnny. You know, if you look at Miguel, Miguel is a very nice young man. But look at his background. Look at his father. Look at his family history. His father's a scary person. Yeah. So you know what? I think that Miguel, and I only realized it in this episode, that Miguel is the kind who has that antenna, who's cautious, who's leery, who looks at what people do, listens to what they say. And you can come to realize people's characters if you pay attention. And he's impressionable. Yeah. Like Johnny's molding him. And yeah. you can't mess this up. No, it's a crucial time in a young man's life. Absolutely. When Miguel addresses his concerns, I was like, yes. Yes, dude. Be concerned yeah, about Chris. Be Kreese. very concerned. So now we're back at the beach club. And Daniel's doing some recruiting through the adults. This is hilarious. He's going on sales pitches, trying to get people to send their kids to his dojo. Yep. So he's going around to his peers, 
right? Rich people at a... Starting little conversations yeah. about how important martial arts is for kids. Sure. A lot of bullying going on today. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a bad approach. It's a more personal approach. And that was his plan. It's a laid back approach. They're having Coronas. Yeah. Good old having a beer with somebody like some of our presidents have done, right? Yep. Sit down and have a beer. So having a beer with somebody, talking to them casually about the state of the world and about concern for our kids. And while that's going on, Sam and Robbie are lounging poolside. I always remember that the first time Robbie saw Samantha was her sunbathing. Exactly. That was when he first laid eyes on her. Now here he is laying next to her. Now they're buddies. Yeah, it's really, I think, platonic at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a little disappointed because I do know Robbie, I think, in the beginning. I mean, you know, he walks in and sees her sunbathing. And of course, he's like, hey, you know, what's up? But yeah, they're just friends and peers now. Robbie's made a huge advancement in this show. Yeah. As far as character. Yes. Who he's become. Mm-hmm. Only. I think second only to, to Johnny. Johnny. Yeah. I was going to say that. Yeah. What do you call it? Character arc? Yeah. Is that what that is? Yeah. Yeah. He's changing. He's evolving. He wants to be a better person and he's making the efforts to do so. Yeah. But you see, you arrive at the beach club and you see how your past comes back to haunt you. Oh, sure. That's coming. So then Sam spots Aisha. Yeah. Up on the balcony with Tori. Yeah. And she doesn't know who Tori is at this point in time. That's right. She, does, she doesn't know who Tori is. So Robbie encourages her to go over and say hello. Okay. So does Robbie say this because he really wants them to make peace? Yeah. Or because he hopes to get a fight on video? No, I think he wants peace at this point okay. in time. He knows it's bothering her. Okay. And just talking to Aisha, they're good friends. There's a lot of water underneath the bridge there. They can mend this little mini fence. Yeah. And I think he's just genuinely wanting her to fix it. Let's not forget that Aisha delivered the fantastic, epic, and historic reverse... I was going to say reverse moon. Reverse wedgie on Yasmin. Ah, that's a classic. I love that. So Sam takes Robbie's advice, finds Aisha, and they chat. Yeah, and Aisha even jokes about how Sam gets to train with Robbie. And Robbie's laying there, a young, fit man without a shirt. And she refers to him as abs. Yeah, you get to train with abs all summer alone. That's rough. Yeah. Well, oh, that know, must be rough. When I was a young man with abs, I didn't appreciate it. You didn't? I, no, you I did. I did. I had abs for probably f- early like 20s. Months. No, I had, I had abs for maybe about a, three or four years in like my early 20s. But remember, I'm from a Latino, Mexican-American background where abs were not regarded. It was all about chest and arms. So when I had abs, I was like, eh, whatever. I didn't care. Today, if I had abs, I would be shirtless right now. Wow. Right now, this very moment. That's interesting. If you have abs, if any listeners have abs, appreciate them. Yeah. Appreciate it. All right. It's good to know. (laughs) I'm just glad you have a shirt on. I do. I have multiple shirts on. So next we see the manager of the beach club come over to Robbie and what happens. Yeah, because this manager was the one that originally told Robbie, probably fired him. And said, never come back here again. And now he sees him lounging on a chair. And he says, get out of here. And he starts to call 911. But then Amanda walks over. It was written all over Robbie's face. He knew who this guy was. Yeah. And he even tried to get up and just dismiss himself. He but did. Amanda comes over, as you said. As a member, this is our guest. Yeah. And the guy's like, oh, but you don't understand. She goes, he is our guest. She said, in no uncertain terms. And that's when the manager said... Okay, and walks away, right? Yeah, good for Amanda. She's great. Yeah, but then she sits down and was like, well, what's going on? Yeah. And that's when Robbie reveals to her that he had a past. Yeah. I might have had to do uh, similar reveals in my life. And that's a great moment as well. Well, because you know what I just realized? Here we are talking about Miguel's father figure. 
Johnny's father figure. What about Robbie's mother? He doesn't have a mother or a father, really. Well, we don't know who she was when he was really young, but she was always dating, probably. So Robbie's just seen so many guys come and go. His mom is about dating. Yeah. Not about her son. Well, she was also left. I put more of the blame on Johnny. Yes. The mom never really checked out. Maybe she was a little bit different in Robbie's youth than she is in his teenage years. Maybe as he became more self-sufficient, she started to check out more because she could. But I'm just saying there was probably a lots of guys, comings and goings, and he had no real father figure. No. And I'm just, you know, Robbie's mother. At this moment in time, Robbie does not have a positive mother figure right now. No. And Amanda, it's a huge thing for him to have. Amanda, to have his back, it means yeah. a lot. And, and lets him live with them. Sure. And, and Daniel. Well, she puts her hand on his shoulder, says, right, we've all made mistakes. Yeah. But you grow from them and you move on. So he says something like that. And that's why Samantha and him have a platonic relationship right now. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it couldn't grow into something bigger, but right now he is part of the family. Yeah. He's kind of like a LaRusso. Yeah, kind of like a brother sister. Yeah, which is great. And I really commend Amanda. She has just become an incredible character on Yeah, the show. she's fantastic. She really is the voice of reason she is. Through, through it all. She really is. Through all the hijinks. Now we're back at the Cobra Kai Dojo. And Johnny overhears Crease on a heated phone call. Yeah, on a landline, by the way. Of course it's a landline. I don't think Crease has a cell phone. I think Crease has probably been uh, in a time warp much like Johnny. For sure. He tells Johnny that he's over at the Universal City Sheraton and a housekeeper took one of his watches. Yeah, and the Universal City Sheraton is not cheap and is adjacent to Universal Studios. In fact, not far from our studio right now. In fact, right now, Jason, you and I can leave the studio and we could walk to the Universal Sheraton and then go up the hill off Lancashire and we'd be smack dab at Universal Studios. Yeah, when I leave here and head home, I drive right by it. You take Lancashire. I'm going to take Kekwanga up to... Yeah, to Ventura. I said, yes. So yeah, it's very close. It's very nice. Yeah. And so that's where he tells Johnny he's staying. Mm-hmm. Again, Crease is not always the most honest person. No, but this is, I think, the first time that Johnny starts to go, hmm. Yeah. Something's going on. Yeah. Here. Let me check this out. Yeah. He suspects something's off and he follows Crease. Yeah. So now we cut back to the beach club and Daniel is now holding court with even more parents. And who joins in this conversation? I had to do a double take. Yes. I had to like squint and say, wait, is that Kim Fields, Tootie from Facts of Life? Yes, it was. I don't remember her character's name on 227, but I also enjoyed her on 227. I mean, I love Kim Fields. I loved her since 227. I loved her since Facts of Life. Yeah. It's probably far back as she goes. It's Facts, Facts of, Life. of Life. Yeah, she was just a girl then. Unless she was on commercials before that. Maybe. But uh, you remember, w- when Facts of Life was on television, I was probably about Tootie's age yeah. when it was on TV. And I used to watch Facts of Life avidly because it was on right after Different Strokes. Oh, well, don't I know it. So I was so shocked to see, was that, to see Tootie. I couldn't believe it. By the way, just as an aside, since you know I'm a toy collector, they recently released Facts of Life action figures, including a Tootie made by Mego, was available at Target. I want Mrs. Garrett. They released Joe, Blair, Tootie. Natalie. And that's it so far. I don't think they released Natalie. Not Natalie? Natalie? Well, they're making their way through the figures. 
And Mrs. Garrett, come on. Yeah, no, they, so they only had three of the girls. They could also do a George Clooney because he was around much later. Now, what a lot of people can do is there are these toy customizers. So they can take a 2D action figure and make her into an Aisha's mom action oh, figure. Oh, wow. Well, she looks great, by the way. She Let looks fantastic. Say that. And we haven't met her before. That's why I was so shocked to now, see her. Now, we met Aisha's father, yes. the Hall of Fame football player for the San Diego Chargers. Now they're Los Angeles Chargers. But we've never met Mrs. Aisha before. Yeah. So guess what? Aisha's mother, played by Kim Fields, is tooting the horn of Cobra Kai. And how many fantastic things have happened to Aisha since she joined Cobra Kai? Saying this right in front of Daniel as he's trying to sell Miyagi-Do. Yeah, so Daniel's very close to closing all these men, <laughs> talking them all to join That's right. Miyagi-Do. He was closing. And she comes over and she's like, oh my gosh. Sensei Lawrence has done amazing work with Aisha. All of a sudden, light bulbs are going off like, Cobra Kai, weren't they at Valley Fest? Yeah. <laughs> I heard they put on a show like Van Halen concert. <laughs> it just starts spreading. She shows the video on her phone. Yeah, oh. And Daniel has lost the room. Yeah. It's over. It's over. They're all wanting to sign up with Cobra Kai right then and she there. She could have whipped out Cobra Kai contracts then and there, and they would have signed. Amazing. Poor Daniel. Yeah. Fail. So Sam and Aisha continue to talk, and Sam shares the fact that Robbie now lives with them. And Aisha says, I'm not going to tell Miguel. I do not remember that line. It would just kill Miguel, even though they're over. Sure. You don't want to know that your rival now lives with your ex. And you're not going to see what the truth is. The truth is they are more like brother-sister. But he's not going to see that, know that, want to hear that. Oh, in his head, they're going to town every night, probably. Wow. That's what he would think. That's what I would think. Yeah. I'm not going to think they have a platonic relationship. You're right. So just then, Tori arrives mm-hmm. and she's got some booze in tow. She stole a bottle of vodka. And I'm imagining based on where they're at, this was the top shelf. Top shelf. Yeah. So we're talking like, you know, if you were to buy this bottle in the store, you're probably looking about 70, 80 bucks. And here's that bad girl persona. She's invited to an exclusive club. She's already stolen something and she wants to go get drunk. I think if I were Aisha... I would be like, uh, can we get to know each other a little bit first before you go stealing from my family's club? Yeah, and Aisha was cool with getting drunk because you know what? She almost wants to fit in with this girl. Mm-hmm. This girl, she's attractive. She's got a persona about her. She's good at martial arts. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to fit in with her. Sure. She's looking for a new best friend Ugh. or something. Poor Sam. And Sam is not having any of it. Sam's very wholesome. Yeah. And she doesn't think this is a good idea. And she's right. Well, remember... Sam's mother, she toes the line. Well, it's not like Sam hasn't made crazy decisions before. Remember the house party? Yeah. Ill-advised house party while the parents were at the country club? Mm-hmm. She's not, done not, not telling her parents about the hit and run with Yasmin and Moon. So she's done some things and she's learned from those mistakes. Yeah. So Tori and Aisha leave to go have a few drinks. Yeah. I wonder if they're going to drink that vodka straight or are they going to mix it with something? I think they're probably going to do some shots. Vodka shots? Room temperature vodka shots? I'll try it. So Johnny continues to follow Crease, and you can tell that he is not staying at no Sheraton. No. You see the neighborhood he goes into is starting to get a little sketchy. Yeah. They're nowhere near Universal Studios. They're nowhere near Universal Studios. So now we're at the beach as Daniel walks to clear his head. And this is kind of a beautiful scene, Sal. Yeah. And he sees a guy fishing, and at first glance, very reminiscent of Miyagi. Right. Similar height. Similar apparel. So he sees this person, almost an apparition at first. Right. 
he envisions Miyagi and then he gets closer and no, it's not Miyagi. It's another guy. He's like, hey, what's up? But he's got some wisdom, that guy. Yes. And the way he carries himself is nice. I am also glad that the show refrained from putting a ghost Miyagi in that scene, mm-hmm. which you yeah. see in movies sometimes. Sure. And I'm sorry, it does not work. No, because then all of a sudden you, it takes us out of reality. Yeah. You can go ahead and put a flashback. Yeah. A scene from one of the movies and Mr. Sure. Miyagi's in it, but don't ghost it up for me. No. And it was a very poetic moment and a beautiful shot with the ocean and the yeah. sky. And this guy is Miyagi-esque. Yeah, he, he kind of talks like a dungeon master or like Mr. Miyagi. Yeah, so Daniel walks over to this guy. The guy turns. Daniel realizes it's not Miyagi, of course. The guy says, can I help you? And Daniel says, oh, you just look like an old friend. And the, and the guy says, oh, does your friend like to fish? And he goes, yeah, he did. And much better than I ever could. And then Daniel says, as an aside to this guy, not many biting, because I guess he looks at the empty bucket. That's what he does. And the guy says, oh, plenty of fish out there. And he says, if you have something worth biting, eventually they'll find you. So right away, you got to think more karate students. That's how Daniel can take that and apply it to his life. Hello, they're out there. Put the bait out, something worth biting, they're going to show up. Put the right bait out. Yeah. And that was good. Yes. And it was very along. much like a Miyagi moment, just with this guy who was kind of reminiscent of Miyagi. Yeah, that was nice. In fact, he looked like a Latino. I called him the Mexican Miyagi. You did. You did. That was okay. <laughs> that was accurate. That was fairly accurate. Yeah. Very neat moment because, yeah, you're right. I'm glad it wasn't a ghost or even a flashback. It was just this person because I think all of us in life have run into somebody who reminds us of somebody else. Yeah. In fact, one time I was up in Washington... And I was coming out of a store. This guy was walking in the store and we literally stopped face to face and we stared at each other. And I said, do I know you? And he says, no. He says, do I know you? I said, no. I said, have you ever been to California? He said, no. He said, have you ever been to Washington? I said, no. And we both stood there like, holy cow. It was like maybe a previous life thing. It was weird. I said, okay, well, bye. And that was it. But it was very strange. Is your mom such and such? And he said, yes. (laughs) Wow. That is wild. Yeah. Things like that happen. So kind of these little mysterious moments that are like... At the right time, because Daniel's looking for some sort of answer. Yeah, because he's walking along that beach kind of pondering life. And what a cool role for that actor to get to play. yeah, exactly. I don't even, I hope that he knows the impact of that little moment and that scene for the fan, how powerful that scene was. I wonder, I hope that actor can appreciate it. I hope he realized it wasn't just a, you know, a day's work. I hope that he's seeing Karate Kid 1, Karate Kid 2, (laughs) Karate Kid 3, anything with Mr. Miyagi in it. Yeah, So we're back at the beach club and Amanda can't find her wallet. Yeah. And at first I'm thinking they're going to start looking to Robbie. You thought Robbie? No, no. It's not that I thought Robbie. I thought they were going to think Robbie because of what Robbie just shared, right? He just shared about his past, a little bit about his past to Amanda. Yes. So I'm thinking that if her wallet's missing, she may think, wait a second, maybe Robbie's past is is also his present. Oh, I didn't think that, but I could see how you came up with that. Immediately I thought Tori. Well, it's one of those things where even though you think it's this person, I wonder who the cast are thinking. Well, Sam went straight for Tori. Yeah, she did. And she accuses her Mm -hmm. of stealing it. Now, meanwhile, Tori was drinking with Aisha, but maybe she stole it earlier or maybe she didn't steal it at all. But Sam was locked and loaded on Tori. Well, that's the problem with stealing. Back when I was a teenage shoplifter stealing from stores, we'd go visit a friend's house and the friend would say, I hope you don't steal from us. I go, I don't steal from people's houses. I steal from department stores. There's different... You've got a moral code. Yeah. Any criminal has to have a moral code. 
So even if I stole a bottle of vodka, doesn't necessarily mean I'm reaching in people's purses right. necessarily. But I'll have you know, the general public thinks a thief is a thief is a thief. Right. So if somebody finds out you stole this, they're going to think you stole that too. Right. That's the way that it works. And that's what Samantha's thinking. Sure. And she goes over, accuses, and grabs her. Oh. Grabs for the purse. And my mind is thinking of Tori's spiked bracelet. Oh. That she showed off in the liquor store at Receda Flats. Well, she pushes Samantha off, mm-hmm. and what happens? Oh, Samantha. It looks so silly because she falls in this buffet table oh. and she's got like chocolate mousse on her head. She's got like shrimp on her chest. It's, she's got all the table on her, and she's laying back, very reminiscent of her father at the country club with the spaghetti plate all over him in the kitchen. When he oversaw. Johnny lay one on Allie. Like daughter, like father is what I thought. Yes. It was very reminiscent of that. And it was embarrassing. And Aisha is even embarrassed. And then her and Tori walk away. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. Tori had no guilt about her. She didn't look defensive in that way. And at that point in time, I didn't think she stole it. But Samantha was blinded by rage. Sure. You know, and she saw what she saw. She'd already assessed Tori and she assumed it was her. So now we cut back to Johnny, who is still on Crease's trail, and I'm not sure where we're at, Sal. I think by appearance, I'd have to guess it is maybe some sort of halfway house, almost a recovery house. What location is this? Oh, I don't know. Um, Downtown? Well... It's too far. No. I'm thinking that it has to be somewhere in the valley. Maybe Van Nuys. No offense, Van Nuys. Panorama City? Panorama City. No offense, Panorama City. No offense, Panorama City. I used to live in Panorama City on Nordoff. But yeah, I mean, I'm looking at areas, Pacoima. I used to live in Pacoima. All the areas where this halfway house could be are areas where I used to live. Yeah. (laughs) So we used to wander around these parts. Johnny doesn't know what's going on. It's obvious that Kreese is more down on his luck than he's letting Johnny to believe. Yeah. He's ashamed. He's ashamed of his life, his lifestyle. He's older. Yep. I don't even know how he makes a living at this point in time. We do not know how Chris pays any bills. And Johnny's following him because he cares. Yeah. He well, does care. Is it because he cares or because he's suspicious? I didn't, think, didn't Miguel put a bug in his ear? I do, but I think it's for good reason. Johnny cares for Chris. And if Chris is down on his luck, he'll be there for him. If Chris is going to be crazy Chris and try to, you know, take over Cobra Kai or whatever, Johnny's going to take issue with that. But when someone's down, you try to help them. I think he's following him out of love. Okay, so similar to when Daniel found out that Robbie was staying in a home without electricity. Right. It's sympathy. It's sympathy. It's compassion. That's exactly it. And this guy's too prideful to tell me the truth. I'm going to see what's going on. Okay. And that's kind of what I feel is happening. Okay. Here. All right. I'll, I'll take it. Because I thought he was just following out of suspicion. Like, let's see what's really going on here. So now we cut to Robbie, who has a suspicion about the wallet and goes to investigate. And his hunch is right, Sal. Yeah, Go because on. he found a stash. Not just one wallet. No. A, a lot bunch of, of wallets. wallets. Yeah. Yeah. So at this moment, we don't know who. But yet. Robbie knows. Robbie knows. He finds a stash. Robbie might have done this in the well, past. Well, this is why he was probably kicked out of the beach club. As an employee. Yeah. They probably had this game going. Mm -hmm. Robbie knew. So what's he do with his phone? What happens here? One of the previous scenes alluded to Robbie wanting to get a fight on camera to boost Miyagi-Do's appeal. 
That was his idea, right? He wants something to go viral. So he discovers the wallets. They all come tumbling down. He now knows who did it. I didn't know that he knew, but he knows. Puts the camera up in a position to film the foreground because I believe at this time, Robbie's thinking, let's get me on video kicking these guys' asses and this will go viral for Miyagi-Do. Exactly. As previous videos have gone viral for Cobra Kai. Right. So he sets up the camera and who arrives? Trey and Cruz. Yeah, his old crime partners from early in the show. Yes. The last time he saw Trey and Cruz was in the parking lot of LaRusso Auto when they were going to try to rob the place of stereos and parts. And they were caught on camera. Mm -hmm. And we have not seen them since. Nope. So we stopped there because now we're back with Crease and it's revealed. He's living in some sort of halfway house and he's confronting a roommate Mm -hmm. about stealing a watch. Yeah. He said something like, you broke into my locker for the fourth time. So... Yeah, some sort of drug recovery or halfway house where you probably have a roommate. You probably got to keep your stuff under lock and key. Yeah, so this guy maybe probably did legitimately rip off Crease. Yeah. And probably definitely ripping off the wrong guy if that's the case. Yes. So he's like, he has this guy right by the collar and then some sort of staff walks in. Yes. And says, hey, knock it off, Crease. Yeah, do you want me to kick you out of here? Mm-hmm. And, and then in the background, Johnny oversees yeah. this. And yeah. so he's got his answer. And while that's happening, we're back at the beach club and Robbie prepares to fight Trey and Cruz, but he's hit over the head with an oar. Yeah. Somebody jumps out from behind him and hits him in the back of the head with a giant oar. Because it's a three-person job. Yeah. And Robbie didn't account for their new guy. Mm Mm-hmm. Who's a big guy. Big guy. Yeah. So big guy hits him in the back of the head with an oar. Robbie goes down. So much for his... Master plan of getting a ass kicking on video. His own ass kicking is what he's getting on video now. Exactly. But out of nowhere, what happens? This surprised me. I was not expecting this. Not me neither. I think I was just expecting them to leave Robbie in a lump, maybe give him a few kicks to the ribs and then take off, which I think most criminals would probably do in that moment. Let's give him a couple of kicks. Let's grab our stuff. Let's get out of here. Daniel jumps down starts kicking ass like we've never seen before right we have not seen daniel kick ass like this in cobra kai so far no am i mistaken he's only fought in the tournaments in the movies as well so this is the first time we get to see daniel kicking ass and it was very not on the street no but on the beach also on the beach first time he got his ass kicked by johnny there's something about the beach and the karate kid and cobra kai universe yeah something about the beach but it was very Mr. Miyagi-esque when yes. he bested all the Cobra Kai's on Halloween night. Yes. He dropped down out of nowhere like Miyagi dropped over the yes, fence. Yes, true. And he had some great moves. He did. Very impressive. He took these three guys out without breaking a sweat. And Robbie didn't intervene. He's still recovering from his head wound. Oh, yeah. But he didn't even need his help. No. You know, all I expected to see was like Robbie's POV, where it's kind of like kinda hazy, blurry, yeah, blurry yeah. because his head's still throbbing. I was sure. waiting for that shot. Yeah. But it's a great moment. Yeah, I was not expecting it. I guess because I'm so used to seeing Daniel not fighting, avoiding the fight, yeah. trying to calm the situation, trying to do it the Miyagi way. But yeah, like Miyagi on Halloween night, or like Daniel here on the beach, there are these times you have to fight. There is no choice. Exactly. These guys weren't rational. They were thieves. They'd already hurt Robbie and they were going to try to hurt him more. And just thank goodness, Daniel was nearby. I think 
if you hit someone in the back of the head with a very large stick, that's getting into the attempted murder realm. Yeah. So meanwhile, this is all on video. Oh, yes. So here's the fight that Robbie was looking for to capture. It turned out differently. Not him, but we get to see Daniel on camera kicking ass. Exactly. So now we see Johnny and Crease having kind of a heart-to-heart at the halfway house. Well, Crease, again, I'm still thinking about what's Crease about. But, I agree. But so there they are sitting on the bed, and then Crease has to at least fess up. Right. Right? And he does. He starts to tell about his downward spiral after Losing he loses the dojo. Guy. Yeah. And it's kind of a nice moment between them. There's like an old shot of... Crease looked wandering. young. Yeah. That How did they been, do that? My suspicion is that it's a clip from Karate Kid 3. Okay, yeah. So it does a little flashback. Just shows him sort of kind of wandering the street like a... Not knowing what he's going to do, where he's going to go. Yeah, he's down. He's depressed. He'd yeah. lost everything at that time. He'd been bested by Mr. Miyagi. Mm-hmm. And life wasn't good. And Johnny picks him up and even says, defeat does not exist in this dojo. Yeah. So Johnny bringing up Crease, lifting Crease's spirits... And offering support. I got to hand it to Johnny. I really do. And then Crease gives Johnny the ultimate compliment by calling Johnny Sensei. Wow. That was a great moment. Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of reeling from that. And if I'm Johnny, it's just like, wow. It's very surreal. Here's the only father figure that I ever had beyond his stepfather. Yeah. And he's calling him Sensei? Yeah, yeah, it was and, probably pretty deep for Johnny. Oh, yeah, and they shake hands. Yeah. So as far as Johnny's concerned, they have an understanding. But again, Johnny may think they have an understanding. Yeah, we can't trust Crease entirely, but at least Johnny knows that they're equals now. And that probably means a lot for him. Well, officially more than equals. True. If Johnny is the sensei now. Yeah, Johnny looks at him more as an equal now than a father figure. Sure. And yeah. whatever that means, I don't know. We will soon see Crease's true intentions. But you and I are very reluctant to yeah. believe him entirely. But it's still a great moment. I generally, it's just my nature to mistrust, especially somebody that's wronged me once. It's the whole fool me once yeah. deal. Yeah. Now we're at Miyagi-Do Dojo, and we see Daniel doing a kata as Robbie enters and explains the video to Daniel. Oh, yeah. And I'm thinking that Daniel's going to be like, yeah, post it. I'm waiting for him to say, post it online. Yeah, this is it. This is how we get our fish. Yeah, there we go. This is the bait. But not to be. No, no. I was disappointed here. I mean, I wanted the video to go online. I wanted it to go viral. But no, Daniel says no. Daniel says it's not the way we're going to get new students. We're not going to play the Cobra Kai game. That would be Cobra Kai style. Yeah. Although look, he look was how we the kick one ass. to make a video first, but it wasn't a video like that. No. He doesn't want people to come and seek him out to go kick ass. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, teach me to do what you did in the video. Yeah. I saw the video. I'm here. Yeah. He wants to get people more organically. He wants the right people. And as him and Robbie walk outside, who enters frame? This is where Dimitri shows up. I was not expecting this at all. No. But, you know, it makes sense. He hasn't had good experiences at Cobra Kai Dojo. But this is interesting because it's one thing for Dimitri to say, okay, fine, I'm not going to join Cobra Kai. But to say I'm going to join Miyagi-Do, that makes a statement. Yes. Because how many karate schools are there? And he chose Cobra Kai's main adversary. Well, in this world, there's two. (laughs) He wants to join Miyagi-Do. Yeah, it's amazing. 
And all I can imagine is Hawk and Dimitri going toe-to-toe at one day. Of course, Hawk is more advanced than Dimitri is. At this point in time, yes. But at this point in time, that is the future, I think. But I'm thinking of Daniel going, wow, there's a sign. Trust your instincts. Don't go the viral route. Although he literally just said no to that five seconds ago. And then here comes your third student. So Daniel's going to stick to his guns and they'll just slowly come in when they're supposed to be there. Do Sam and Robbie know Dimitri? Well, they go to school together. Well, at least Sam does. Okay, yes. She's seen him. Oh, yeah, and they were science he's partners. Science partners. That's he smelled right. her that one yes, time. Yes, yes, okay. And he so was Sam knows who he is. Yeah, I mean, he knows Moon because he okay. was hanging out with her. Okay, does Robbie know who Dimitri is? From the tournament, maybe distant passing. I mean, as we know, as you and I both know, Robbie doesn't go to school much. No. So we don't even know what school he's supposed to go to. I'm assuming their school. But now it's summertime, so okay. there's no school happening. Okay, so yeah, I, that was out of left field. I was not expecting that. Dimitri wants to join Miyagi-Do. Yeah. And he's a character. He's funny. He I is like Dimitri. Funny. He's going to bring some energy and some, yeah. some humor to sure. Miyagi-Do. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how he fights. I would be interested. So back at the Cobra Kai Dojo, Johnny is teaching a move when Hawk asks a question. And Johnny says, it's a good question. And then he lets crease take over to answer Hawk's question. Well, it's about how to properly perform this kick. And Kreese says, you turn your back like you're moving away. You drop the guard of your opponent. And that's when you strike when they least suspect it. Yeah, the secret to the move is to let your opponent think you're retreating. Yeah, and see, that's... That's when you strike. But that's what I'm thinking, again, is that a foreshadow? Well, like you said earlier, that is Kreese's MO. It's his way in life. Let your opponent think you're retreating, and that's when you strike. Much like, hey, Johnny's going to help Crease off the mat, and Crease pulls him down. Yeah. Kind of like Tori did with Miguel. But yeah, it is the way. And then the show ends with Crease's foot going right to the camera, fade out, end. Yeah, he's still got nice moves. Pretty interesting ending. And again, wondering what's up Crease's sleeve. I'm mistrustful, but I'm willing to see how it all plays out. Yeah. Episode four. Wow. <sighs> wow. Okay. Good episode. Pretty intense. I got to hand it to Cobra Kai for throwing these curveballs. I really do like that as an audience member. I like when I'm just hit with these curveballs where I'm just standing there going, what? Really? And they're so consistent. Oh, yeah. This team, the creators, it's amazing. So hopefully I'll come back next week with another belt. No, I'm yeah. just, I'm just <laughs> It's not that fast. I'm just kidding. So... Thank you so much for listening, and we'd greatly appreciate it if you could subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcast, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. And if you have the time to leave us a short review, it would truly help us as well. And we also encourage our listeners to follow us on social media at Let's Talk Cobra Kai for Facebook and Instagram, and at Talk Cobra Kai on Twitter. And if you have any questions, that's a great place to message us. Lastly, you can now become an official supporter of Let's Talk Cobra Kai on Patreon, and you can stream every episode, as well as our other shows, from our website, which is justcuriousmedia.com. Thanks so much. No mercy.